host Michelle, also known as Petey, and in today's episode, we're doing vodka. (laughs) I say that with a sigh, because vodka is probably my least favorite spirit out there, unfortunately. I know you probably are, some of you are throwing your hands up in the air in desperation, like, no, vodka's my favorite, how could you? I know, I know, I'm just not a huge fan of it, and that's okay, because we all don't have to be fans of everything, let's be real, but if it were me, I would take any gin cocktail any day of the week over a vodka cocktail. So this is going to be an episode with a sigh, but vodka is really important to the industry. I mean, it's a huge part of Russian, Poland, and Swedish cultures, so it needs to be celebrated. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean you won't. I mean, that's really a theme of this podcast. So let's talk about vodka. Yay. But before we get into that, I have some listener emails. Yay. I got another email this week. Full disclosure here though, this is from a member of the Polykill Discord and I had mentioned prior to this in the Discord that I will be doing vodka this week as my mini. So they proceeded to email their questions specifically about vodka. So I guess that's sort of a benefit too as well. If you like this podcast and you're like, wow, I really want to be able to know what's ahead of time, go to polykill.com, join our Patreon. It's only a dollar and you get access to our exclusive Discord where you'll be able to learn ahead of time what it is I'll be doing for my minis as well as my episodes, as well as I do this fun little bit where I have these Friday cocktails and I post cocktails I'm making and tasting that week. So you get lots of fun recipes. So join up. But enough of that, let's get into our listener email from Trav. Petey, one-time guest, long-time listener of the show. I know you're not a big fan of vodka, and I'm guessing you just reasserted that to your audience after reading that. Man, I'm feeling some omnipresence here. (laughs) And that's okay. We can't all like everything, but vodka is my favorite. I don't know why either. I tend to think it smells like kerosene and tastes a little like a hubcap. (laughs) Yeah, me too, buddy. (laughs) But that's why I never drink it straight, nor should you. Well, I'm about to, so here we go. But it goes into my favorite drink of all time, the Bloody Mary. I like savory over sweet, and more than that, I love a little bit of spice. Assuming you enjoy a Bloody Mary from time to time, despite your egregious, egregious, why can't I say that word? egregious opposition to tater to Russian tater whiskey. I was wondering if you had any good recipes I could try. Keep up the good work, Trav. Well, Trav, besides sending in an email with such big words that I can't even pronounce, (laughs) I do love a good Bloody Mary from time to time. And actually, one of my favorite Bloody Marys to make is I cannot take credit for this. Back when I used to work in restaurants, I worked in a very fancy high-end restaurant. And the general manager of the restaurant, his name was Todd Thrasher. He was the mixologist and the sommelier at the restaurant. 
and he created all of the cocktails and taught me how to make cocktails from scratch. So he really is an inspiration for me because we would make freaking tonic from scratch. Like how crazy is that? (laughs) But he would make only during whenever tomatoes were in season, we would make a tomato water Bloody Mary. So this Bloody Mary would be completely clear and it was gorgeous and tasted amazing. So to this day, I still make this Bloody Mary. And you're probably thinking, oh my God, why would I want a clear Bloody Mary? You can still do this recipe and just skip the last step of straining it overnight and just put it through a quick strainer and then serve so it's not clear. Because it does take a long time for this recipe to, I'll say cook in air quotes, because you do have to leave it in the fridge overnight for it to settle. So how do you make a clear Bloody Mary? And I'll put this recipe in the description as well if you don't have a pen and paper in hand to follow. So pretty much what you do, take four large beefsteak tomatoes, cut it into chunks, half a serrano chili, and if you want a bit spicier, go for a jalapeno, habanero, any of your favorite little chilies out there, one eighth a red onion, one two inch stalk of lemongrass, coarsely chopped, and a large pinch of salt. Put that all into a big blender or food processor and blend the shit out of it. Pulverize it. Then set a bowl with a strainer lined with cheesecloth and let it naturally strain overnight in the fridge. When you come back the next morning, you'll have all the juice contents there on the bottom of the bowl, but it'll be nice and clear. There may be a few residual tomatoiness into it, but if you stir it up a bit, it gets a bit more clear and it's fine. (laughs) But again, if you want a Bloody Mary that's not clear because you know, letting it sit overnight. Maybe you don't have the patience and I don't have the patience half the time. Just set it through the strainer without the cheesecloth. Push it through just so you're getting rid of the chunks of the lemongrass that may not have been completely pulverized. And voila, serve with four ounces of tomato mix, two ounces of vodka, little bit squeeze of lime juice and if you want you can add a little bit of Worcestershire sauce I don't to be perfectly honest I don't think this recipe needs it because it has already so much umami flavor especially if you leave it in the fridge so that's up to you it's all about preference (laughs) so that's my tomato bloody mary I know that's it sounds ridiculous and crazy like who wants to make a clear bloody mary but trust me it is fantastic and If you are ever in the D.C. area, I highly recommend you visit my inspiration, Todd Thrasher. He owns a distillery now that's in D.C. that's called Thrasher's Distillery, and they distill rum. And he's, of course, making fabulous cocktails. So if you're ever in the area, I highly suggest you visit him. So let's get into what we're talking about today. Vodka. (laughs) surprisingly enough the two minis that I have today are not from Russia Poland or Sweden I decided to go the American and French route so the two vodkas I have today are the Tito's handmade vodka from Austin Texas which is made from corn and the Grey Goose vodka from France which is distilled from French wheat So surprisingly enough, when I looked up what the Grey Goose was made from, and I was kind of surprised it said made from French wheat, because on the label, it it says it's gluten-free. And I was like, but isn't wheat a gluten? I was so confused. Come to find out that pretty much all vodka is gluten-free. 
That's because of the extensive distillation and filtering process that vodka goes through. It eliminates all traces of gluten. So, but this is by the suggestion of the National Celiac Association. It states that distilled alcohol beverages are safe to drink even if they're made from gluten sources. So I would still be a little bit cautious if you have a severe case of of celiac disease, but... I would definitely recommend going to the National Celiac Association website on guidance on what you should be drinking. But I was surprised vodka made from wheat is gluten-free. So how do they make vodka? Any grain can be distilled into alcohol, and the best ones are high in starch. So those ones being wheat, high-yielding, and cheap. A lot of gins are also made from wheat. Rye, it's like a very hearty cereal variety. Many Russian vodkas are made of rye. They consider rye to be the best grain for vodka. Corn, as our Tito's is, and potatoes, which a lot of Polish vodkas are made out of. So pretty much what they do, they're distilled several times. The highest known distilled amount has been the distillation of nine times. Of course, it gets more expensive the higher you go, so that vodka was very expensive. But typically, it's around three to six vodka will be distilled, and then it's filtered, typically, with charcoal. So the master distiller will control the filtration process, So the more times it's distilled, it increases the ethanol in the alcohol as well. And then before it is bottled, it's diluted with small amounts of water. So that's how you make it. That's why it's always clear. There's no aging of vodka ever. It's a very neutral spirit if you've never had it before. But people love it. (laughs) So let's go a little bit of a history of vodka. Vodka was first documented in Poland in 1405. Most historians are really unsure of vodka's actual origins. At the time, vodka was used for medicinal and cosmetic products, which medicinal goes back to what so many of liquors were used for back then anyways. Like it was there to cure smallpox and there to cure whatever diseases that you had. Alcohol was typically the answer. But the cosmetic products Actually, I found an article where it mentions vodka being used as an aftershave, if you can believe that. Just taking a razor to your face and then as a nice little fresh me wake me up with the little cuts on your face to splash some high ethanol vodka on your face and that'll feel good, right? (laughs) It's crazy. There was also a Polish botanist and physician native of Stefan Falemiers, I'm butchering that, let's be honest. In 1534, he wrote and documented that vodka could serve to increase fertility and awaken lust. So not only cosmetics and medicinal, but it was also an aphrodisiac. (laughs) That's a little bit about its history. Let's talk about the individual vodkas themselves. Tito's. We'll start the American first for no particular reason other than it was just closer to my hand. Tito's Vodka is the oldest legal distillery in Texas, and it started in the ancient times of 1997. Yeah, if you can believe that. (laughs) It started in 1997, but again, it is the oldest legal, I'm using air quotes again, legal distillery in Texas. For a long time, Texas had a ban on distilleries. But owner of Tito's Vodka was the first to have it lifted. So Tito's is pot distilled six times from yellow corn. And on the label, it says handmade vodka. 
And that actually, that handmade has a bit of controversy to it. So in 2014, there were two false advertising lawsuits that were filed against Tito's in California and Florida. California lawsuit alleged that Tito's vodka cannot be described handmade because it's made from commercially manufactured rectified spirits, neutral grain spirits, that is tucked and pumped into the Tito's industrial facility. It is distilled in a large industrial complex with modern technology advanced stills and is produced and bottled at extremely large quantities. Example, it is mass produced therefore contradicting the handmade on the label. Since the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, which regulates labeling of liquor in the U.S., does not actually define handmade, so handmade in alcohol does not legally mean anything. And both lawsuits relied on the dictionary definition of the word, They were both dismissed in May of 2016. So by all means, Tito's vodka started off as a small produced handmade vodka, but eventually, like many other things, they got really big and they turned corporate. Like that's just what happens. It's cool. But it's also a kind of a misconception. Like it says handmade, so therefore there must be small amounts or it's really exclusive. Nah, when it says something handmade on a label, don't mean jack. So just a little food for thought there. (laughs) Be careful, be a little wary whenever you see anything with alcohol or probably even anything with food that says handmade. Just be a little bit wary. Like, that's probably not true. So, fun facts about Tito's vodka. Let's go to our gray goose. Surprisingly, I was really surprised by this because I feel like I've heard of gray goose since the beginning of time. In my ripe old age of 35, I thought, oh my god, I've known gray goose for forever, right? Wrong. Gray goose started the same year that Tito's Vodka did in 1997. Total coincidence that the two vodkas I picked started in the same year. It's actually created by Sidney Frank Importing Company. So this is actually an American businessman who saw an opportunity to create something, but he didn't want to create it in Poland, Russia, or like Sweden, where vodka was really well known and had a lot of heritage. So he decided to create this new product in France, specifically around the cognac region, to differentiate himself from classic vodka-producing countries. So what they use for Grey Goose Vodka is a winter wheat from Picardy, France, and limestone water found in the cognac region of France. Unlike the Tito's vodka, where they started out small, it was very family-owned, it was one, pretty much one guy doing it in his basement, trying to sell this stuff to like local restaurants and stores. Grey Goose started as corporate, large production, and still is corporate. That was their whole goal. Not that it's bad. Actually, we'll find out. Let's Give these two bad boys a taste. I mean, again, we're just going to go by what's closest to my hand. We're going to go for the Tito's vodka first. Now, of course, vodka is extremely clear. I mean, there ain't no residual nothing in these glasses. So all intents and purposes say by the look, it is crystal clear. Let's give it a good nose, the Tito's vodka. Definitely that... Like, you know, that classic vodka rubbing alcohol nose. But I get a surprising amount of fruits in it as well. Kind of a little cucumbery note. And like cantaloupe rind. If that makes sense. <laughs> and I hate cantaloupe, which is probably more reason why I hate vodka. <laughs> Interesting, though. I really like the little subtle fruit notes that I get from the, like, kind of cucumberiness to it. Let's give it a good ta- little taste. Oh, here we go. I can do it. Not bad. 
Wow. Ooh. You know, I feel like there's something about vodka whenever you taste it. It just goes straight to your head. It just, like, woke me up. <laughs> Not any burn going down my throat. Good texture to it. Little hints of, like, black pepper notes I get on the sides of my tongue. Definitely don't feel the cucumber anymore on the palate. Go for another taste. Second taste, I get a little bit more of the cucumber. Classic kind of kerosene notes from the vodka. Little hint of spice there to it. I mean, like, spice in terms of, like, heat. But not bad. I'm, I'm surprised by that. So maybe I don't hate vodka as much as I say I do. Let's go for the Grey Goose. All right. Again, we're clear. Trying to convince somebody who hates vodka which vodka they like more. <laughs> Let's give it a good nose. Less cucumber notes on this one. More of a neutral nose. Yeah, very neutral. I'm, I'm hard-pressed to find any, like, uh, sensory indicators, like fruit or just more of that classic, classic kerosene kind of vodka nose. Let's give it a taste. More viscosity on the palate than the Tito's. Also feel like more lemon rind notes to it. So very subtle differences between the Tito's and the Grey Goose. Now, if I were to pick one, I'm going to hold both in my hand here. If I were to pick one, which one do I like more? To be perfectly honest, I like the Tito's more. The Tito's, I'm not a huge fan of the slight touch of more body that the Grey Goose has versus the Tito's. The Tito's, I like the cleansing kind of palette that it has. And I prefer the cucumber notes that the nose has as well as on the palate. So... As somebody who does not like vodka, and that was the struggle, <laughs> I will go for the Tito's versus the Grey Goose. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that I don't like, you know, of course, this doesn't include any Polish or Russian vodkas. Maybe that'll be an episode for another day. I'll do another vodka battle and you can hear me sigh through that, figuring out which one I like more. <laughs> Overall, not bad with the Tito's. What's, I'm probably, you're probably like, God, Michelle just doesn't, can't say any bad things about anything. Well, I'm going to be real. Like, if it wasn't for this, I would not be opening these two bottles. So, <laughs> but what I'll probably do with those two tonight, because now I have two full glasses of vodka. What am I going to do? I don't have tomatoes right now, so I'm not going to make a Bloody Mary. I was actually thinking about making a Vesper, which is three ounces of vodka, one ounce of gin, <laughs> bring that back in, and then like an ounce of Lille Blanc with a twist of lemon. I'll probably make that tonight just to give it a go because I've always wanted to play around with Vespers. Or if you're like, I was watching Archer the other day and they made a picklebacks. So pickled juice and vodka. I mean, that sounds kind of delicious. So <laughs> maybe I'll do that. <laughs> We'll see. But thank you for listening to my hemming and hawing at vodka. I hope you enjoyed this little episode. I'll be sure to do things that I dislike more to see if you can get more angst out of me in the future. But you can find me on Twitter at PD's Power Hour, or you can email me your questions, comments, or concerns. Please email me your questions or join the Discord and send me questions there. I don't care. But you can email me at pdspowerhour at gmail.com. And if you like what you heard here, head over to polykill.com for more fun podcasts like this one. If you want to help out the show, please rate and review on your preferred listening application. It takes just a minute and really helps out the show. Thank you, my friends. Drink well. Bye.